Wednesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host. I'm Chris Henry from the EAA Aviation Museum. And Chris, we're recording this uh, on the 25th anniversary of the premiere of Apollo 13. That's wild. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah, time flies. So it's 25 over 50, and uh, we're, we're, this is a particularly interesting minute. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's where the crew finally finds out what it was that went boom while they were all you know, sitting in the command module. Yeah, you know, it's easy to forget that they weren't able to see the spacecraft. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, this is the first chance to get a look at some of the damage. Yeah, and it's not like I mean they were they were kind of, kind of trying to conserve everything, so they wouldn't have been able to depressurize and go out and look. And not that if they went outside, they would be able to do anything about it. So just this would be their only opportunity. And uh, they all had to basically uh, stuff themselves into the lunar module one more time. Uh, Jack Swigert uh, jettisoned the service module and then uh, flew down the docking uh, tunnel. And got out his camera, and uh, Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes already had uh, still cameras and, and motion picture uh, film that they were just trying to get as many frames as they could of uh, what happened out there. Uh, I was I was listening earlier uh, to the um, there's a there's a great s- series out there called Apollo in Real Time, um, and it, you can listen to an entire mission. In you know in in real time you know start the mission and listen to every every second of it and it has a complete transcript, um, all the uh, commentary and what's going on, who's talking, and it also has a separate uh, voice channel for what's going on in mission control. So uh, this, if you go back to uh, there, by the way, it's, it's called Apollo in Real Time dot org, uh, and then slash thirteen, and that'll take you right to uh, the Apollo thirteen mission. Um, this is all happening at uh, our, our hour one thirty eight minute uh, uh, seven, and uh, that's right after the and, and the way that you're hearing Tom Hanks and and uh, and Bill Paxton talking on the uh, on, uh, to Mission Control is pretty much how the response is. Uh, listening to Jim Lovell, he's just completely shocked when he looks out the window and says, "There's an entire side of the spacecraft missing." Wow. So it's uh, yeah, just just you can hear it's it's not quite terror, but it's like wow, that's a, a lot of trouble. I mean, they're they're looking out and they see the damage. One of the things they don't really go into in this as much was they were having a little bit of communications problem through the entire mission, and the reason why, as as we know, the liquid oxygen tank exploded and blew out the panel when the panel from the service module blew outward it hit their high gain antenna which was on the back end of the service module and just flattened one of the feed horns so they lost a lot of uh transmission capabilities and uh and reception uh but yeah being able to see what was screwed up and they knew you know if, if you looked at that if that had happened during launch they probably wouldn't have survived i mean there was a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on but if if that had blown loose while they were in atmosphere it uh, you know it probably would have wrecked their aerodynamics, and uh, it's hard to say whether an abort would have worked. So it's you know really scary stuff. Yeah, yeah something Frank pointed out when he was here was that uh, 
if this had happened on Apollo 8, they wouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was no lifeboat. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah just uh, quite a bullet to be dodged. Um, but they did a they did a great job in the in this particular minute showing the you know the realism of what they were looking at and how they were experiencing it. When when you look at the NASA pictures of uh, Apollo 13, the ones that they actually took, it looks the service module looks like it's very far away. And it was it was drifting away, but it, it's one of those things like when you look at the moon at night and then you take a picture of the moon, you're like, oh, it looks really tiny. They had a lot better um, definition when they were when they were looking out the window and being able to see all this stuff. And even though uh, they only had a few seconds of being able to to see the service module as it was drifting away, uh, the pictures that they took managed to give them a, a great idea of what happened, ha- you know, what was missing and what you know what had broken and over over the months and debriefings that they did afterwards uh they, they finally figured out where you know where all the things uh the things that came apart wow uh, uh, I, you know i never thought about that how would you do crash investigation in space on something like that you know yeah like on the ground you know if something happens you can take it apart and investigate it but that you know the service module didn't come home <laughs> so you know there's uh i mean i guess there's a lot of sensors telling you what's going on but not quite, you know, as good as like actually having your hands on something. Yeah, I mean, one of the the good things is like like in most aircraft, you know, in, in airframe investigations, uh, there is a complete uh, history. You you have uh, um, this complete, you know, it's, it's almost like a family tree of every little uh, nut and bolt that was ever put on the ship, so they could track down which one was damaged, what, and then be able to decipher how the uh, uh, oxygen tank was damaged. Uh, but the uh, the photos, if you go to the, again, we keep talking about these other sites, but you, it, it's probably a good idea. If you're driving in a car, pull over. Don't do this when you're driving. But uh, <laughs> check out the NASA History Office, the Apollo Flight Journal for Apollo 13. If you go to hour 138 of the mission, they have all the photographs uh, blown up, uh, enhanced, and uh, carefully annotated. So you can see the damage reflector and feed horn on the high gain antenna, um, uh, where where oxygen tank number uh, number two used to be because it was you know pretty much blown to atoms, and uh, you can see the even though the fuel cells were in place that they had been mostly chewed away at the bottom of it, uh, and it's just you know fan, fantastic being able to see this detail. Um, it's it, you know when I was when I was a kid we didn't have the internet. <laughs> this uh, this is like you know Star Trek being able to call up old pictures on a computer and look at look at old equipment it's just it's just amazing that you can do this in your you know in your home or on your phone um, that's awesome yeah I, uh, I I'm stunned and and really if you if you do get a chance I know we, I know we're always fascinated to listen to but uh, that Apollo in real time uh, you can actually hear the original voices and what the discussion was going back and forth my only nitpick with this particular minute is well they, they try to compress a lot of people into a few um, actors on screen. Uh, Ken Mattingly, uh, Gary Sinise is, is playing Ken Mattingly, but for a moment he's actually playing Joe Kerwin, another NASA astronaut, because uh, Joe was the one that was on the line while uh, uh, Jim Lovell was describing what was going on out there, but trying to trying to explain that a whole bunch of astronauts were in the room at the time this was going on. Uh, it, it's kind of a little bit difficult. I mean, there, there were a whole bunch of people. Ken Mattingly was there. Al Shepard was there. Um, I think Gene Cernan, uh, Jim McDivitt was there. There's there just a whole room full of 
you know, the astronaut brethren uh, at the time uh, trying to f help figure out if there was any way they could help. It was, uh, you know, it's like a fire at the circus. Somebody, somebody yells, hey, Rube, and they all come running. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's probably good. I mean, they, they all, you know, tried to do whatever they could, even though there really wasn't that much more to do. Um, the, you know, and the, the hard part on this, uh, it doesn't really come across in this, in this particular minute, the trying to get a picture, uh, they didn't want to use their RCS thrusters. They didn't want to change. They remember they had very little, they had very little power and what little power they had left in the lunar module they were using to charge up the LEM or uh, charge up the command module. And, uh, so they didn't want to use, uh, RCS, the, the reaction control system thrusters to maneuver around to get better pictures. So they just try to leave things in place and, and shoot the, uh, uh, service module photos as they were um, and since you know the the command module was pointing away from the earth they couldn't uh, they couldn't really use any of the command module windows um, a side effect of detaching the service module is all that junk that was floating around the uh, the insulation and the, the pieces of broken uh, oxygen tanks and things once they released the uh, it's it's like taking a vacuum cleaner bag and shaking it when they let when they let go. So all the dust particles that they had problems seeing through to get uh, a fix on on different stars with their navigation telescope, that all messed up again. So they had to use the Earth as a uh, as, as a direction finder to make sure that they were they were coming in at the right the right angle for reentry. So it just <laughs> nothing went, nothing at all went according to plan with these guys. <laughs> no, and that that service pro, that service module created problems even after it left. <laughs> God, uh, it, you know it, it, it reminds me of the, you know the quote we saw I think yesterday with, uh, uh, you know it says only if the, you know it's only a warning and Gene Cran says only if their luck changes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <know? laughs> exactly. Just one bad thing after another. Um, it's. I, I'm, you know, this this movie's only uh, 135 minutes long, but it could easily have gone to five or six hours if you really wanted to get into the detail of it, because so much bad was happening at the time, and and it's hard it's hard to address it all in one movie. I mean, the things that were going on here toward the end, they were they were still having a problem with trying to figure out the power. There, something that isn't addressed in here, they couldn't figure out there was a power loss of about 10 amps that they didn't know where the phantom drain was coming from. And they were worried that they were going to run out of power right after they let go of the lunar module. So there, you know, that was another thing to figure out. And I, I guess they couldn't address it in the movie, but it's still <laughs> something something else to worry about is where are we losing power? Um, so they, and they never, I, I don't think they ever really figured that out from what I've been able to to research. It just something happened, and they they managed to have enough power to get to make it through reentry. Um, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're not giving too much away, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I could figure it out, but uh, we we are getting up. And by the way, this is we're at minute one eighteen now, which is almost the two hour point. Um, I now I'm, I I cannot remember who told me this story, but it's it tells well. Uh, someone was telling me that they had that uh, any time they were in in school in like middle school or things like that, and they had a substitute teacher. Uh, the substitute teacher wouldn't have anything to do, so what they would do is they'd plug in a DVD and show the movie Apollo 13 because it was, a, you know, science and all this and history. So they'd plug in Apollo 13, and uh, they'd watch the movie instead of having a class. So 
they would get up to about this point and uh, actually maybe two minutes beyond here where we'll we'll get into the, that that minute soon but uh just as they were getting to this uh the they had to turn it off because it was the end of their two-hour class and they go on to their <laughs> next class so this fellow didn't know until he saw the movie um he saw the movie at home once on on you know on television and he didn't know that they had made it <laughs> because oh, he gosh. oh well this is how they all died um and you know there they were i think he 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 saw the part where they were showing well the heat shield to burn it off you know and people get this kind of confused they can think of columbia and things like that so i can i can see the problem if you don't know the history this doesn't so far it doesn't sound like a really happy ending that's coming up <laughs> no no not at all and uh, yeah you know one thing i wondered and if anybody that's listening and you know you know that we go back and forth sometimes between here and from the earth to the moon and and uh, occasionally, even though it's probably breaking the rules, um, you know, in in the Apollo thirteen episode of From the Earth to the Moon, you don't ever go really go along on the mission because they figured that it was covered well enough in the movie, right? And they took another approach that talked about basically the difference in how the media covered, you know, the event and what was happening on the ground. Um, and I think it was Fred Hayes's parents to get like jumped at the airport. Yeah, it, did that. Did that really happen? Do we know anything about that? I always wondered about that. I don't know, but if we if we ever have Fred on again, which yeah, is possible, we'll ask him about that. Like if <laughs> yeah. that was just created, or yeah. if that really happened. Yeah, there, I mean, there was a lot in the there was a lot in that series that was created for dramatic purposes, but it uh, it's not it's not impossible. I know that they've uh, the parents of astronauts usually go through a rough a rough time, um, especially. I mean. Gosh, I you know the the number one I always think of that is uh, is poor Kristen McAuliffe's parents who had uh, all their cameras on them while they were watching their uh, their daughter perish in the uh, in the Challenger explosion and um, you know it's just it's a different I think showing a time of Apollo thirteen where before Apollo thirteen people kind of left the families alone but after that they were like free game um, I some of it if you read. Um, don't think I'm. I'm trying to remember which book this has been in. But one of the, I, I mean, even Tom Wolf brought it up that Mer, the Mercury astronauts had a deal with Time Life, where uh, Life magazine would have their their personal stories and nobody else would. They were like personally contracted to only tell their story to uh, yeah. Time. But by the uh, by the Apollo era and after, I think after the Apollo Eleven mission. Uh, Apollo astronauts and well and future astronauts became began to be fair game and you started you know having more sensationalized stories um there were there was more talk you know with as the 60s turned into the 70s uh, a lot of things that were shocking in the past wouldn't be as shocking uh you know and, and it would be considered fair game for for news coverage I mean John John uh John Young's divorce or Tom Stafford's divorce all, all of those um events which would normally be considered you know personal life was now open season um wow it yeah it's uh, i couldn't imagine i mean living your whole life uh you know in front of the camera that's got to be tough yeah yeah i mean you, you really i i think and, and a lot of them had lived under the you know the original idea where there you know everything that the family did was sacrosanct and you didn't you didn't report on stuff i mean uh it there was kind of a, a trust that the reporters would get the inside scoop on things if they kept out of other parts of their lives. So they 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 
didn't talk about a lot of things, but it's it's changed. And, and you know, I think that's the way things are now is that it's it's kind of open season if if you if you have any problems in your life they're going to they're going to report on them and uh NASA you know NASA isn't going to fire you if you get a divorce or something but I mean it would probably take a criminal conviction or something to, <laughs> to lose your job um, which has happened a, yeah which has <laughs> happened yeah yeah that's that's true but uh yeah it's it's difficult and um you know being under the microscope like that must be a a tough assignment but that's that's part of the business um I'm it, one of the things I, I keep thinking about with this, uh, that if, speaking of if we ever get different people on, if we ever get Jim Lovell on, at the very end of this minute, uh, Neil Armstrong tries to distract uh, Blanche Lovell uh, about what's going on on the mission. And she he asks if uh, Jim Lovell made Eagle Scout. And she said, oh, yes, yes, he did. Um, I never, I've never been able to find out what Jim Lovell's service project was. I'm an Eagle Scout, and I, I'm always interested in how other people made Eagle, but I've never been able to find out how Jim Lovell, what his service project was to make Eagle. So oh, that would we, be an awesome question. <laughs> if we ever have him on, I've, I've seen when I was a kid, and I've seen it again as an adult. I've seen um, Jim Lovell's uh, merit badge sash, and uh, he has some pretty tough ones on there. He had like the pioneering merit badge, which is you basically have to build a bridge out of rope and um you know he did he he didn't he didn't take the easy merit badges he had some pretty tough (laughs) pretty tough merit badges so i would like to ask him about that and as when i was a kid i always thought gosh if jim lovell can make eagle i should try that that's the only thing i have in common with jim lovell and besides the first name so (laughs) it's it's uh it's good you know knowing that uh that uh that an eagle scout could get in to get could get to the moon twice. That was, that was pretty cool. That is, that's pretty awesome. Ah, wow. Well, um, I'm this. This is really, gosh, this is really the the nitty gritty now. They finished getting rid of things. The only thing they have to do now is get rid of the lunar module, uh, with with without uh, Jim and, and Fredo in inside <laughs> the lunar module. But that, that's coming up in a in a near future minute. Um, we're getting down to the to the nitty speaking of nitty gritty we're getting down to the, the nitty gritty we've got some good guests coming up that we're we're still we're still working out all the details but we're going to have them in um so please you know stay with us if you've missed any of our previous episodes they're always available at the big site apollo 13 minute.com or all your all your favorite and familiar podcatchers like apple podcasts or spotify or um gosh what's the other well there's you know google play well, you, you know you know where to find us so go 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 check those out uh we'd love to hear from you on social media we're available at uh facebook on the uh, Apollo 13 mission, Apollo 13 minute mission control, and on Twitter at Apollo 13 minute. Love to hear from you. It's always uh, fascinating conversations, especially when we get stuff wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind hearing about getting stuff wrong. No, it's, it's a learning experience. Yeah, it's, you know? it's one of those darn learning experiences. So, um, but yeah, definitely check uh, check us out on, on social media. But uh, it looks like we're coming up on uh, loss of signal in about 30 seconds. So uh, why don't you join us here tomorrow on the Apollo 13 minute. Thank you.